0: Hello, and welcome to Leviathan News. Today is April 27th, 2023, and I'm Sam, and I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Garrett. Good morning.
1: GM. pleasure to be back.
0: I know. Yesterday was a crazy day. Honestly, price action in the market has been some of the wildest that we've seen in months, with the price of Bitcoin rapidly moving between highs of... Uh, where did it make it yesterday? Highs of about thirty thousand, all the way down to twenty-seven thousand. A three-thousand-dollar shift in one day—pretty wild. The entire market was just being whipsawed, and a big story that came and went in the blink of an eye was that right as the market was selling off, DB, one of the bigger, uh, bigger news accounts, like breaking news accounts on Twitter, tweeted out that Mt. Gox, to- or Mt. Gox BTC was on the move, and that it was potentially the US government selling billions of dollars of Mt. Gox tokens, or at least moving them somewhere, right? Spooked the market, sold off even more after that point, and everything just went into a big state of confusion at the time
1: yeah I uh was offline for most of the theatrics, but I got to log back on later and it's uh yeah, it's pretty wild like if cryptocurrencies keep trading this way, then they might approach the level of volatility of First Republic Bank
0: <laughs> Exactly, which is all the way to zero. Uh, <laughs> about ten minutes later, we were uh, like diligently watching this in uh, all the the telegram channels that we follow. Really, there's only one, right? Uh, if you're in the crypto space and you want to find the best news and smartest individuals in the entirety of all of Telegram, they're all in Lobsters, Lobster Dow. Uh, soft show there. Actually, no, it's a hard show. You should go to Lobster Dow and join it because the smartest people are there. The DeFi detectives were on the case and uh, they started to look and they couldn't find anything. Uh, they couldn't find any, any BTC movements. And then uh, just a few minutes later, uh, an, an intrepid lobster found that the Arkham bug was actually somebody just dusting the account and that it was a normal BTC transaction and that uh, Arkham had screwed up. Uh, Only a couple minutes later after that, this is all in the period of probably 15 to 20 minutes, uh, Arkham came out and released a tweet through DB saying that they had sparked the massive sell-off because a bug fix deployed today caused alerts to be sent erroneously to a small subset of users, which included DB who published the news. And after that, DB came out, apologized, said that they were going to review their practices on how they reported on these Bitcoin movements. And, uh, and things went up again. Prices went up, they went down. Uh, but the whipsaw and volatility was just insane yesterday.
1: Yeah, so I'm not a big trader, I have to admit. I'm not really uh, very cognizant of like what causes price movements. But there's a question I have about all this. And here you can see a nice uh, meme in that if you want to trust one news source, uh, you should trust Leviathan. We've managed to flip in in our short time BuzzFeed, Tucker, Don Lemon, and Arkham News Alerts maybe next. Uh, so here's the question that I have about like price movement. If this all was because of the US government selling off Mt. Gox, isn't that priced in on some level? Like, isn't it already known that the government is going to be dumping Mt. Gox coins at a kind of periodic schedule? So I don't really get why it would cause sudden like movements like this.
0: Well, typically you have like algorithmic bots which are watching these Twitter accounts and looking for specific words or other uh, things that get flagged. And then based on that, they'll they'll sell or buy into the market um, based on the breaking news with the expectation that uh, fundamentals or at least sentiment will catch up in the later time. Uh, and that being first will, uh, you know, they catch that momentum. They want to be the first ones catching that momentum. Uh, but yeah, that all kind of came and went in the course of about an hour. It was pretty crazy. Honestly, uh, the people are really on edge. You can tell that we're, in, we're still in the depths of the bear market, even though we've uh, kind of moved up and out and into these higher levels. I think people are still a little bit afraid and uh, it shows in the market. But another one of uh, the friends of the show, which is uh, Dune, who we all like and love for their wonderful dashboards, has updated their product. They have launched a new API service they have, uh, which, is, which is open to pretty much everybody now, right? And they've also updated their subscription plans uh, and added a new free tier. And their subscription plans are now pay-as-you-go. So you can um, essentially come in and buy credits and then use them as you, as, as you wish. So it's a nice way for Dune to start uh, adding in more monetization into their platform. Uh, they are one of the best teams out there and we wish them all the luck. Um, Hopefully we can have them on for an interview in the next few days.
1: Yeah, I have to admit I'm pretty excited about this um, in that I have played some with Dune's SQL service and that you can kind of like make these like uh, dashboards where you're like able to visualize data. Um, And it's really robust and really good, but I found that I never actually ended up using Dune all that often. Uh, just because like making a nice visualization is one thing, but I'm always more interested in, in exporting the data, mm-hmm. uh, but it seems they've been listening. So right here, they mentioned that pay-as-you-go service for API data export. I would use that. So that's uh, really exciting to see. Uh, I also, um, yeah, I'll just be interested to see if we can get someone from Dune on here to talk a bit more about what, they, uh, what they're what they planning, because I'm pretty excited for where they're going to go.
0: Yeah. So what's, what's cool, if you can bring that back up, uh, Garrett. Mm-hmm. So the, the free tier actually, they sunsetted their $69 a month tier and now there's a free tier. And the free tier provides uh, 10 private queries uh, and a private dashboard and a handful of CVS or CSV downloads. Um, can you go down a little bit? Uh, just a little bit. Yep, here we go. So you don't have to pay. So you can get an initial experience, maybe build one dashboard. And uh, the free experience also comes with 2,500 credits and includes API access. So. That is pretty awesome, you know, gets you hooked. The data flows, the data must flow, and uh, hopefully we'll bring more builders into the, into Dune because uh, it is quite difficult and hard to build these dashboards, and they also have to be maintained as well too because things change, and, uh, and this is great. This is going to hopefully expand the reach yeah, I can't tell lot. you how
1: many times I wanted to, like, uh, whenever I need to do some on-chain digging, really wanted to do it using kind of Dune's interface. So I can definitely count myself among those who are planning to significantly up their
0: Dune development. hmm And in other news, Ethereum LSD TVL has flipped uh, Dex TVL. So the amount of TVL that's staked through providers like Lido or Frax ETH or Rocket Pool has flipped the amount of ETH or TVL that's on DEXs. So like all the TVL that's on Uniswap uh, or Curve or anywhere else. And that's uh, quite significant, actually, because that represents a, a significant amount. It's $18 billion that has been added into LSDs over a short amount of time.
1: Yeah, I feel like you've got to be particularly
0: excited about this regarding Frax ETH. Very excited, Yes. Uh, Frax has been growing probably twenty to thirty percent month on month. Uh, I believe it has the best incentive structure, and uh, you know, hope, I'm I'm very biased in this, but uh, I think the LSD space is going to be the narrative of 2023 and 2024 as we start to push from ten percent all the way up to the thirty to forty percent uh, e-staked. And uh, yeah, obviously, FRAX has a huge exposure to that as
1: well as to the DEX world. Um, also, I feel like a lot of the big Dexes will have a little bit of exposure to both narratives. Curve is, of course, you know, pursuing a lot of the uh, the DEX trading with the recent release of TriCrypto NG, G, uh, but it still has a fair amount of influence within the LSD space just because so many of the LSDs trade heavily on Curve.
0: So also expanding the reach is Franklin Templeton, which is adding a on-chain U.S. government money fund to Polygon. And this is going to uh, essentially add uh, a product called FOBXX. And it's the first U.S.-registered mutual fund that uses a public blockchain to process transactions and record share ownership. Um, you know, everybody's talked about RDBAs on or, or just, you know, TradFi assets coming onto blockchains, and uh, this is one of the first ones uh, launched by a a big player. Franklin Templeton is huge, Um, and uh, it's nice to see them being added to the space. So previously, this was on Stellar, and now it's uh, being moved over to Polygon because I don't think many people are on Stellar, but there's a whole heck of a lot of people on Poly.
1: And boy, hats off to the Polygon Biz Dev team. Absolutely the best in the business. They've done such an amazing job of getting companies that are interested in dipping their toe into cryptocurrencies onto Polygon. Uh, so I can't help but think that a fair number of those, once they see some level of success on Polygon, just decide that they have to go whole hog onto Ethereum because that's where the real money is.
0: And, uh, you know, the perfect use case for these on-chain government money market funds, is actually for people that live in countries where inflation is very high and they don't have access to dollars very well. And this is going to be an issue that's going to be, uh, I think, at the forefront of a lot of what's happening on crypto uh, for the next few years. Uh, and one thing that was covered in the Blocks uh, podcasts, which uh, we also love as well, too, uh, where they're talking about... These like stablecoins and these products, these money market funds, are perfect for countries like Argentina. But at the same time, while Argentina is the perfect use case, you have a IMF, which is pushing them to uh, take an anti-crypto stance in the name of preventing money laundering. Because if everyone is selling their home currencies uh, for these US dollars, it means that inflation will just continue and continue and continue. Um, but, you know, at some point, people are going to come to the realization that the dollar is the best asset for, uh, to, to hold and to use for payments and for everything else. And the stable coins are just going to keep on prospering. So, But enough of stable coin maximalism. Yeah. Just a
1: quick couple of quick notes on Argentina before we move yeah. off that. I uh, got a chance to visit Argentina last August for ETH LATAM and it was a phenomenal experience and uh, it was really eye opening just to see like from conversations with people how they dealt with um, how they dealt with like rampant superinflation because it's baked into everything right like if you know that your currency is going to be inflating double digits percentage each year Uh, like the mechanics of signing a lease just don't work right like you can't sign a lease if you don't know what the uh like if it's going to be double or triple the price by the end of the year so they have to do these like super short three-month contracts and whatnot Um, but suffice to say the people there understand cryptocurrency like the uh the uh, like rails are so much more filled in and people who like really understand like and have hopped onto particularly stable coins have been in really good shape in terms of being able to like keep their, um, you know, keep, keep their currencies like a little bit hedged against the local currency. So that they get it there. They get it.
0: Yeah. So uh, one of the um, best uh, introductions to uh, crypto and DeFi that I can recommend is a talk that Mariano, Mariano Conti gave uh, at uh, DevCon 5. Uh, several years back, where he gave a a discussion on living on DeFi, how I survive Argentina's 50% inflation rate. And this was given three years ago at the beginning of DeFi summer. And he uh, just talked about how the way that he was escaping Argentina's inflation was by buying ETH through the uh, different shops that you could go down there, the different exchanges, and then he would use the ETH to then mint dye or swap into DAI and uh, then he would have dollar exposure. And it was the best way that he felt to protect himself against what was happening in Argentina with their extremely high inflation.
1: Yeah. The one sad thing is because they're so savvy on stable coins, they were heavily exposed to the UST collapse. So they were still pretty much reeling from that when I was there.
0: You know, if uh, on on the the Terra collapse... Uh, yeah, that does make sense, right? I guess, yeah, Terra there's going to be knock on effects for years as as that happens. But we have a new wave of stable coins coming uh, and also some incumbents trying to establish their place. One of those being USDC, but they have been taking some hits recently. And uh, CEO Jeremy Allaire says that uh, investors are de-risking out of the United States as a result of what's happened over the past month both with the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and additionally, the increased pressure from the three-letter agencies at the US government, like the SEC and, uh, well, four-letter also with the FDIC as well too. So it's, uh, it's a little bit shaky and it's caused the uh, decline of USTC's supply by about $10 billion since the start of the year to where it is just now at $30 billion.
1: Yeah, it's, um, you know, they chose to dance with the United States government and now they're getting, um, they're getting their rewards. It's worth pointing out though, that on top of like some of the like regulatory stuff they're going to deal with, uh, they've also been innovating. So on the technology side, you know, Circle just very, just today or yesterday, yesterday yeah. launched their uh, yeah cross-chain transfer protocol, which is pretty impressive. Like you get the impression that they are really building out this infrastructure for the... Um, for the like, um, like cross chain future that we're all going to be living in. Exactly,
0: and you know we also talked with the Conflux team uh, a couple of days back uh, about their Circle issued uh, was it Chinese yen, and uh, you know Circle is their fingers in a lot of pies as well too. They also have a, a Euro stable coin, which is gaining steam as well too. But it's USDC, which is their big product. Uh, it's worth noting that while uh, Circles supply total supply fell about 10 billion dollars since the start of the year tether has gained quite a bit and they've reached almost new highs at well for the year at least for at 82 and a half billion dollars so money is flowing out of usdc and it's flowing into tether for the the perceived safety of tether being offshore and uh outside the domain of u.s regulators
1: yeah, sort of consider this the law of unintended consequences. The U.S. government always seems to try these things that end up backfiring. So they tried to take out Tether and only and all stablecoins essentially, and they've only reinforced Tether dominance. It's pretty crazy.
0: And uh, you know, the I just these three-letter agencies—they're constantly on the prowl for crypto the right right now. Uh, another story that is kind of in the news has been. Kraken is asking a San Francisco court to intervene against IRS demands. Uh, the IRS has come in and asked for all customer information from the uh, battled crypto exchange. And Kraken is calling this an unjustified treasure hunt. This was reported by Bloomberg, uh, I believe yesterday. And they the IRS asked Kraken to identify accounts that did at least... of cryptocurrency trading in a single year between 2016 and 2020, which is probably pretty much everybody.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's not that much. Like if you buy, sell, buy, sell, even if you're small, like you'll hit 20K in no time. You know, a few like, uh, well, I I forget how many months ago it's been at this point because DeFi is like that. But when Kraken uh, settled with the SEC over their product. Um, You know, essentially they said they didn't have the resources to fight and you kind of see why because it's not necessarily a fair fight. If you decide to fight Uncle Sam, they're going to throw everything at you. So it's no surprise that they've been having to fight and deal with this kind of multi pronged regulatory attack on them. So I really hope, you know, Kraken succeeds. They've been such a fantastic uh, player within the space. Mm -hmm. I really hope that they come out of this. Yeah.
0: And uh, there's some other things that have been happening. I think we talked about this yesterday a little bit, but I wanted to get your opinion. Uh, What is it going to mean for Curve now that uh, the Wintermute hacker and his $160 million is the top liquidity position on 3Pool?
1: It's a good question. Uh, So uh, Michael in that article gave a quote, which was something to the extent uh, that this is like a permissionless pool. Uh, They don't have any particular control over it. So, you know, as far as what it means for three curve, pretty much nothing like three curve is just going to keep doing what it's always been doing. Uh, but there has been a lot of people, myself included, who have said that the time is probably coming if it hasn't already come to stop using three curve as the kind of base coin within the curve ecosystem. There's better options. Um, like I feel like frax USDC might be an option, but, uh, personally I'm pulling for either raw Ethereum, um, because Curve is natively going to be on Ethereum. It just makes sense to have all fees paid directly in Ethereum. Ethereum is great. Everyone wants more Ether. Uh, it's, you know, if you're just a small player, like you could consider that like gas refunds for using Curve, or you could actually like compound and get a lot of Ethereum if you're a whale. Uh, the other thing that might be interesting is Curve USD, but I think we need to wait for that launch, which is never going to happen. <laughs> uh, so.
0: Always on the, always on the, in the future, Curve USD, just win, 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 win. Um, the curved sticker packs in the telegram group are actually some of the best uh, <laughs> uh
1: but it 100% i think that's uh i think that's um uh what's his name mr block that did those
0: but it is a issue because uh, institutional funds will definitely think twice about putting their funds uh to commingle as you would say uh with the wintermute hacker in the three pool uh i believe that this could be a Uh, a driving a lot of sentiment shift into two of the other dollar-based base base pools, which would be uh, Frax USDC, which is the first uh, Frax BP. And then the second one, which was Frax and USDP, also known as Frax PP, uh, which was launched uh, just, I believe, within two weeks, and has uh, gained $100 million during that time. So there are other options. And uh, with the addition of Curve USD that's coming at some point in the future, I think we might see the end of three pool.
1: Yeah, I certainly hope so. Now, I kind of wonder what the hacker's strategy is because I don't particularly see any way that they could off ramp the funds. Like, if they try and off ramp to Tether or USDC or DAI, like, I feel like um, DAI basically being just wrapped USDC, um, I don't think they'll have any like plan to redeem those, and those could get frozen pretty quickly if they tried to move. So even though like the funds may be kind of temporarily safe, I don't feel like the winter mutant hacker may get away with it.
0: Yeah. He'd have to pull everything out as die. Right. I mean, that's the only thing you could do. And then you're kind of stuck. You'd have to swap the die to ETH or something. Uh, it's, it's, it's right. all, you know, liquidity. And issues, if it goes right? to
1: a centralized exchange to cash out, like that's never gonna, never gonna work. Well,
0: I, I don't think the centralized exchanges are in the business of serving North Koreans. Um, that's fair. Yes. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in North Korea. Yeah, and the last thing that we're going to leave you with is that the, uh, the United Kingdom FCA director, uh, which is the person that's in charge, it's essentially like Gary Gensler, right? But for the United Kingdom, uh, the FCA is the Financial Conduct Authority. Uh, the woman, Sarah Pritchard, said that crypto is no longer seen as, seen as an anti-establishment rebellion asset that it was 10 years ago. And now it's becoming more widespread and uh, that their agency is open to uh, innovation, which is a little bit strange, right? Because uh, I still think that crypto has some roots of being a anti-establishment rebellion asset. I mean, obviously, North Koreans can buy and own it. Uh, So I don't know. Is crypto becoming nicer and kinder at this point?
1: In my opinion, crypto has kind of become large enough that it can contain multitudes. So I think that there's still a place within cryptocurrency for the uh, anti establishment types. Like, I feel like a lot of them trend towards Bitcoin Mm -hmm. because Bitcoin is kind of like the wartime asset, the most heavily political of it. Um, The Ethereum community has kind of evolved second. And they're all Ethereum, also, of course, like, especially among the core devs, has a fairly rock star approach to um you know being a i don't want to say necessarily like anti-establishment rebellion asset but the uh the ethereum core devs are pretty based um but within it you also see like a lot of nft people who are just not at all like anti-establishment or political they just want to flip monkey jpegs and there's room for them too so i think there's like ethereum is broad enough um it, it's sort of like saying like the internet also like the internet originally had its like Uh, You know, it's kind of like rebellious cypherpunk start, but eventually like everyone's mom got on Facebook. Uh, So if Ethereum and cryptocurrency is going to scale, it's going to have to take everyone.
0: Yeah. Additionally, the NSA learned how to how to tag and track everybody as well, too which they've done with crypto at this point with the many tracking agencies that they have. So uh, I mean, yeah,
1: ultimately governments are going to like the traceability of everything. Exactly. So that's
0: why they want to get their CBDC. Exactly. So uh, if you're out there, just assume that all your transactions are being monitored and uh, there is no more uh, tornado cash. So, uh, you know, unless you're, you know, wanting to be associated with the North Koreans, you know, just don't, just don't mix your, <laughs> just don't mix your assets. Um, that's going to wrap it up for today. Um, you know, None of this is financial advice or telling you to go off and uh, associate with anybody who's on an OFAC list. You don't want to do that. Uh, don't want the government showing up at your door. We're all for freedom and for openness and transparency. That's why we're here reporting the news for you on a beautiful April day. Uh, we're almost in May, Garrett. We're almost in May. can't believe it. It feels like the year just started. I know. I know. I uh, know but leviathan is uh i think we're just over a month old now and uh, we're starting to see a huge uptick in users uh or listeners you know we're seeing uh, all-time highs and breakouts every single day on our twitter and telegram it's great that you guys are listening to us and uh, the best thing you can do for the show is uh join our socials on twitter and telegram and then share them out share with your friends share with your mom Share it with your brothers and sisters, uh, just share it out and also subscribe as well too across all of our channels, YouTube, uh, Telegram, Twitter, and uh, I know I'm missing one here. Oh, and Spotify as well too. Uh, give us a listen and let us know how we're doing. We have comments. You can leave comments in chat, uh, GM to everybody, uh, malama Llama to everybody. And uh, thank you for the, uh, the, the compliments about the hat. So it's uh, going to wrap it up for today. It was a great episode, Garrett.
1: Likewise, likewise. I'm excited to be back on these. It really, really pained me not being there the last two days, especially when you had so many cool guests. I
0: know, I know. Well, we'll have to get some more. Uh, if you have any guest ideas, please send it to us. Or if you want to come on the show, also get in touch as well, too. We love having guests on. Uh, we we like to hear a variety of opinions. And, uh, you know, we want to we support the community. So that's going to wrap it up for today. Today is April 27th, 2023. I'm Samuel McCullough. This is Leviathan News, and I'm joined by Garrett. We will be back tomorrow, and uh, we're searching for a sign-off. So maybe that's actually what we can get community input on. If you have an idea of how we can sign off, just let us know, and we'll see you tomorrow.